Hello and welcome to Climb's podcast series, Advancing Vietnam, with me, Vlad Savin, as your host. In this episode, I'm discussing with Matthew Lowry, managing partner at Climb Vietnam, about a crucial topic for businesses operating in Vietnam, preparing for their annual tax finalizations and for the year-end audit. Matthew, welcome again to our Advancing Vietnam podcast series. Always great to be here, Vlad. Very interesting topic, very timely as well. We're approaching now the end of the year and now companies are starting preparing for the year of finalizations that generally happens in March. So um, let's see how we can support them with some solutions and some advice on how to start that preparation. Look forward to it, let's talk. Can you explain first, which organizations are required to lodge their audited annual tax finalizations with the authorities and why is it important for organizations to, to focus on this key task? So all companies, all taxpayers must finalize by the end of every year. And for most, the vast majority, 31 December is your deadline for, sorry, your year end. And then you've generally got to um, 31 March to do your finalizations. So there's a few different topics in there. You mentioned audit. So an audit is separate to your tax finalization. Two separate processes, but they may be combined for certain taxpayers, which I think is what you're sort of getting at. So we have this concept of um, you finish your year, as in most um, jurisdictions, so companies, um, even individuals, you need to do your own personal finalization, different topic, we'll leave that alone for now. Um, but that year end is important. Once the year is end, it's very hard mm. to do things, which is why we're talking now before the end of the year to make sure that um, people are aware and go through the process. Between 31 December, and 31 March, you need to have finalized your tax, done all your calculations, and for certain taxpayers, audited and lodged the tax finalization and the audit report attaching. So to your specific question, it is about um, foreign, all foreign companies must have an audit, um, a financial audit to lodge with their tax finalization. Um, public companies, joint stock companies in certain circumstances, but predominantly um, it is a requirement foreign companies. A locally owned private Vietnamese company does not have an audit obligation. So it's not all companies. A lot of companies do it even though they're not required to, but if you've got foreign investment, that becomes a requirement that you must do that. And that tax, that audit um, is an important piece because without that, your tax finalization is not complete and you're in territory of penalties and non-compliance. Right. You mentioned a few uh, timelines there. Let's look at the roadmap and the process of how this uh, entails for international investors that have active companies here. How do they start their annual tax finalization pr uh, process and what are some of the key deadlines that they should be aware of? So you've got your quarterly taxes during the year. So the end of each quarter, one month after the end or um, uh, 28 days or thereabouts after the end of each quarter, you're doing your quarterly provisional tax. So your first date, is actually January, that's your final quarter payment. And you've got to make sure that's within 80% um, of your full year tax. So you've, you've got to make sure that when you do finalize your tax, that your quarterly payments have been sufficient to cover most of your tax obligations. So if you're running a situation where you're um, sort of declaring very little, very little income and just throughout the year, then you do your tax line and realize you were way out, you've got a problem. So it's not just something that you do in February or March come back. So we need to make sure that after the end of the December quarter, when you do your generally quarterly, um, final quarterly estimate payment, your provisional tax, that's close enough. Then you've got to, between that January, when you finalize your books, and you've got to do your tax calculations, make sure your documents in order, get your auditor in who you've engaged, 
prior to that to do the tax audit. You've got Lunar New Year tets in the middle of this and you've got to get to 31 March. So if you're looking at the timelines across a year, you've got your quarterly calculations, you've got your last quarter, which is critical. So your December quarter, you've got by the um, to the end of January or the 28th of January. Then you've got to do your calculations, your um, determine your taxes, and you've also got to pay your final tax if there's a difference between your quarterly provisional and your final calculation. Quite often there is. Quite often in the process you will discover and go through and work out the actual result for the year, which may differ from your provisional, that's normal, and you'll pay your difference or have a credit for that difference. And what's the best time to figure out your auditor and to start engaging with them? Is it end of December, start of January? Um, it's probably the worst advice you can give them. You really need to have done that October, November. So if you haven't done it now and it's late December, you need to engage because auditors, it's the big time. There's a, there's a finite amount of space um, that an auditor has and you don't want to be pushed to the end. You want to be in that process where you are um, part of the planning and critical things coming through this such as um, cash balances counting at the end of the year, such as stock takes to do the actual part of the stock take. Because if an auditor can't verify, if they weren't appointed, and they can't verify a particular year-end balance, you may get a qualified opinion. You may get something which is not desirable on your audit report and may lead to tax um, scrutiny as a result of that. You mentioned a few specifics on the tax finalizations and on some of the accounting structures. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you see investors having when they're performing the annual tax finalizations and the audit uh, based on your experience? Um, quite often we get we see situations where someone has not finalised their taxes. They've paid their provisional taxes, but they haven't lodged because the audit report's not ready. That's the most common situation, um, and that's often due to um, poor or lack of planning with auditors in that they don't have the stock counts, they don't have cash counts, which may be material and they will not sign off the audit report. And sometimes you are stuck. That becomes a difficult situation. Um, there may be differences in accounting principles, there may be things that arise when looking at how to treat transactions. And it may be an opinion of the auditor that is a significantly uh, subject to tax where the opinion of the taxpayer is that it's not. And if you can't agree, you miss your deadlines. The real important part about this is engaging with an auditor well prior. And in fact, best practice is to do an interim audit, to do some work before the end of the year so that the work you're doing in February and March, peak time when there's auditors have less focus and then, then not everyone's going to get through the process in the way that they believe. If you've spent time in October, November, done some planning discussions, your issues are already probably being dealt with into October, November, into December, maybe into January before you've done your provisional tax finalisation as well, so that you are um, fully aware of the issues. You can deal with them. You can go through. So that March deadline just becomes a lodgement process, not a rush to the end to see if you can complete because the auditor can't give you enough time because their staff are busy and they plan best, best intent because your staff are on leave or something happened. So you, you really need to bring that back. So the, the issues really are interpretation issues or stock take issues or county issues or year-end verification issues. Bringing that the more time you have, the less likely those are gonna cause problems. You do see regularly people miss the deadlines because they can't agree on the audit. And keep in mind that a tax finalization, the actual calculation documentation is usually done by your chief accountant. They're an in-house process in most cases. That's not the issue. You can prepare that and file that. 
but if you don't have your audit report attached, you are not complete. And if your audit report does not match to your lodged tax account, that's not accepted as well. So, so that's the big issue. It does need to go hand in hand and you can't just go, I oh, will deal with the audit later and have to change your tax lodgements. Your, your the penalties, late payments, interest, et cetera, start um, adding up. And if you're materially different in what you've lodged and paid and what your audit report says, you can be significant penalties for tax evasion if that if that can um, if that's what the tax office determine when they look at things. It will flag audits more likely as well. And we've seen that uh, some of the international investors, because they're late with the audit, they will just launch their financial statement uh, online in a draft version, non-audited, and they will, they will rush into finalizing the audit, and then they will have to adjust and change as well based on the outcomes yeah. of the audit. And if you look at the Vietnamese tax system, the tax audit, when the auditor's tax office comes in to review what you've lodged, it works on an algorithm, works on basis of risk. So what they're looking at is if you have a history or an experience of lodging late, mending, changing, you're being flagged. You are much more likely that the tax auditors will run through because they can see there's issues. By, by lodging late on non-complete documents, they know there's an issue. You've already told them there's a problem. Come look at us. So the, from that point of view, it is very much likely um, going to have further implications. So oh, I'm, I'm late, but I've fixed it. I've updated my documents. The tax office is going to say, yeah, we're waiting for you. We're, we're waiting. So it's just one of those mm. factors they look at when planning the, their tax audits of companies to see about their compliance. And you mentioned before risk management uh, within the tax audit in general as the authority's uh, interpretation of how the process works. How should investors focus on their best practices, looking at the bookkeeping, looking at their accounting and their risk management, so that when they start the process of the annual finalizations and the audit, everything is more or less in place, how it should be already compliant? The best way I can do it is that it's not a year-end process. It's a constant process throughout a year. If it is, if in your organization it's a year-end process, you've probably failed a lot of those things and therefore the high, much higher level of risk. So you meet, make, you've got a quarterly lodgements. In fact, a large tax buyer, you've got monthly lodgements. Your VAT is being lodged monthly, which is a tax-driven calculation and your financial statements are dependent upon it. So you've got your quarterly, monthly, throughout the year. You also have a documentation process. You need to make sure your documents are all being done and in order throughout the year. And it's not just something end of the rush to fix. If you've changed staff, you've got to go find the old staff to sign certain documents. It's not a situation you want to be in. Um, and the last thing with that is, and, and overarching, is that um, the reliance in Vietnam and the Vietnamese system is based around this concept of chief accountant. The chief accountant is your tax officer for the purposes of lodgements. Um, not relying upon them as an internal process alone. Have an external review. So have an external party that is involved to give you that double check because one opinion may not be accurate. And you always want, you, know, you can't do self-review. It's not possible to review your own work and, and make an a, a independent view of something by yourself. You always want to have another layer sitting there, another party to make sure that things are happening properly and um, compliantly. So it's a constant process. The year-end part, when you get to your December, your January, and then your order process and your March lodgement, is should be just the process. It should not be a rush and trying to get things organized. It just be the end of a process that you've been working throughout the year. Hence what I said before, you were talking to auditors well before the end of the year. They've done a lot of work. The issues are already known. It's just a process. You've done your calculations throughout the year. You make sure your VAT and your, your you know, provisional quarterly income tax are all being dealt with properly. End of the year, it's just a process for filling the forms in and lodging 
with the authorities. It's, there should not be any discoveries um, out of the ordinary happening at the end of the year. It means the process is not working. So it is an annual um, ongoing process with external review and oversight, and that way your risk management is probably looking after things. So when you talk about external review and oversight, um, how does that fit in with some of the ideas and concepts that international investors have in Vietnam about interpreting the audit as that function of review and oversight, the relying some uh, in many scenarios in, on the audit to come in and review their work and then discovering issues and problems and then trying to fix? Well, let's just put in mind, I, and I'm, I'm probably not I make myself popular with the audit profession here, but a Vietnamese accounting statement audit um, that is being lodged with your tax, tax um, finalization is not something that is critically reliant from an investor's perspective regarding compliance. It's an important tax compliance documentation that must be done. It is effectively an opinion on your tax compliance because the Vietnamese accounting standards are tax-driven accounting standards as they are at the moment. So, so when you're lodging and when you order a report, that is for compliance purposes. It doesn't, the, the, the process is generally, without offending anyone, not a significant, the um, good process or strong process for risk management as a general rule or compliance and organization. What we do find is most that do it, they'll do two audits at the same time, which means that you're actually, the cost is not double. You do an IFRS audit and you do a VAS audit. Your VAS audit is for lodgement and that's your tax compliance. Your IFRS is for um, your international, um, international um, accounting standards to make sure that it has much more meaning and it is more useful. Um, within that, your one last part is that the audit processes used for Vietnamese may not be the standard, the same audit processes for um, reliance that you would use in an international process. So working with your auditors, doing your IFRS, and making sure that their, their testing processes meet international practice gives you that ability to rely upon the outcome. If you don't have that, if you're just doing it for compliance purposes, just keep in mind, this is for tax compliance. It is not for a governance purpose. Th that is a subtle difference, but an important difference. The tax audit is, um, and I'm not aware, and I don't think there's any precedent in Vietnam of an auditor being sued for the VAS financial statements for reliance, and the tax office actually won't um, let you defend yourself by saying, but the auditors have reviewed this, it's still your risk if they do something wrong. So it's a different basis for what foreign investors may think the audit is. Don't get too reliant on this tax audit being something you can, you know, where oh, risk managed. No, it's a risk management from a tax compliance. It's not risk management from a governance and an international best practice. And when we look at consequences from that appear out of lodging financial statements and audit the financial statements. Um, what are some of the key penalties or other areas that the investors may be impacted from the authorities' perspective outside their long-term risk management that you mentioned already? Uh, it's You've got late payment penalties, late lodgement penalties. You've got um, interest on the late payments as well. And you've got avoidance of tax. So you start going, so if you have failed to lodge and you're doing this to avoid taxes, or they, you, your penalty rates can quite quickly grow. So that the first thing is that your penalties can expand. And that practice of lodge something and amend later does lower the penalties. The tax office does have a bit of transparency, but you've just flagged the risk profile. Um, but by not doing anything, your, your penalties go up significantly and your profile in the tax office where, when it comes to the algorithms of risk management goes up. Um, 
the, diff, the, the additional issues rising from that is if you want to pay a dividend, for example, and this is where tax compliance becomes a very important thing in Vietnam to make sure you are managing and that you have the process. Lodging late and fixing later might sound fine from a we have no choice, but let's say that the, co the company plan to pay a dividend out. To pay a dividend in Vietnam, there's two elements. Your bank has to go for foreign investor, must go back out through the capital account. And secondly, there is a seven day period where you notify the tax office and the tax office has the opportunity to object. The objection is that you are non-compliant or you are not a thief or you've got penalties or you haven't finished lodging. So all of a sudden your ability to repatriate profits so as a dividend is now um, going to be withdrawn or is not given that you will get that because you haven't been compliant. So it's not just the financial cost for the extra tax penalties, it's also the fact that your capital may be trapped in Vietnam and you may not be able to repatriate the profits when you want to because that is dependent upon the tax office um, confirming in the, in, in the negative way that you are, you, that you, um, that basically saying you are compliant or you have, there's no, nothing non-compliant that they would object to. And that can be a, quite a critical commercial consequence because generally dividends are paid out after your financial statements are launched. One time per year yeah. and you are. So as you come up, you've gone through the year, you made your profits, you want to get those out. And if you can't get them out, that's a big issue. And what about transfer pricing documentation? Is this required to be lodged together with the annual financial statements in a, um, a summarized version? So there is an attachment. So one of the appendices to your tax lot annual finalization is your transfer pricing compliance. So you're not lodging all your documentation, but there is a summarized version, the form zero and your related parties, and also your summary of the transfer pricing. So you can't just go, ah, transfer pricing, I'll deal with that later. The group will deal with that later that will also have a consequence because if you have lodged something that does not match your actual tabs of pricing documents that you prepare later, you've got another problem because um, that, that means you've been non-compliant and again, the ability of the tax office to not rely on what you lodge and actually inspect is going to be significant. The transfer pricing documentation that you have when on a transfer pricing inspection or tax inspection needs to match the summary that you lodge with your tax return at the end of March for most taxpayers. Just on timings, you can have an, um, a different quarter. So you can not, the standard quarter, standard year end is 31 December, financial year. You can have any quarter as your year end, but there's a process for doing that. So when I talk about 31 December and 31 March, there may be alternate periods for other taxpayers, early or late um, finalizing. Um, depending upon what you've done. So there are some with 31 March year end, which would be a 30 June finalization, et cetera, et cetera. 95% are 31 December. So this is this is standard. One of the tricks for some countries like Australia is a 30 June year end in Australia. Having a 30 June year end in Vietnam may mean that the auditors are less busy. So there are some things. So a 31 March in the UK, maybe the auditors are less busy. So there are some strategies there to give yourself more flexibility as well with the audit process. But Keep in mind, you are then outside the norm. Therefore, um, you have to be very careful about how you manage things internally because your personal income tax finalization is still going to be a calendar year. Mm. So it does make things a little bit more awkward, but it may have other benefits. And speaking of that, you mentioned Australia and obviously our investors and clients are from all around the globe, from various types of jurisdictions and legal systems as well. Um, should they have very different expectations uh, in regard to how the annual tax finalization works in Vietnam compared with 
other jurisdictions, for example, the US or in Europe, and just be prepared from a mindset perspective that things will be different and they should be aware of uh, the very specific elements within the, within the Vietnamese tax framework. Um, there's two parts to that. From a, from a timing perspective, from a calendar scheduling lodgements requirements, probably not so much different. It's not ultimately fundamentally different to a lot of jurisdictions. Um, the quarterly, the monthly or quarterly for the VAT, the quarterly provisional tax, the deadlines, the three months to file, that's not distinctly different. And the actual filings you're doing, again, are not distinctly different. So from that point of view, no. Calendarize, plan. You'd have a calendar in your home country, you have a calendar here. You'd, what you don't do is just say, I'll trust someone else. Have that calendar, have that plan. Where you've got the differences I think you're alluding to is behind that, it is quite a different compliance environment. You need to have vouchers, you need to have supporting documents for everything. And even though there are some exemptions for digitalization, um, mm. there is a part of the law that says you've actually still got to print one out for archive anyway which not everyone does, but it does expose you if there's an inspection seven or eight years time, oh, they'll a digital version, it's on the digital archive, but we don't know how to get it, you're not compliant. That inspections require, at the moment, there is a requirement for hard copies for, um, should they be required from the authorities to ask as part of the audit process. So it, it doesn't, you do need to keep in mind the actual framework of the Vietnamese accounting regime which is a tax-based accounting, to make sure you are accounting compliant. And that is where the biggest difficulties are because the number of things you have to sign, the vouchers, the journals, the monthly statements, everything that needs to be extract ready to support your tax calculations and support your lodgements, that's the difficult part. So the actual structure, not so different. Mm -hmm. Underlying detail deep as you go in, extremely pedantic and very, very different and not logical. So it's not about logic, it's about process, and it's about calendars, mm. and it's about ensuring that you, you have that governance, external oversight, to make sure it is being done. The non-logic part may be a bit different. Um, well, Vietnam, Vietnam's a process-driven society, it's not a logic-driven society. And if you come to Vietnam to apply logic, you'll fail if you don't come with the other mindset of apply process. Now, I'm not saying logical is not working, but a process-driven approach succeeds. How many steps, when are they required, what are they? As opposed to, would logic suggest we could just do this? That second one will never work because it ignores that process and everything's driven about process. Your tax compliance, your accounting regime, all of them is a process, not, a log not logic. And a final question, Matthew, uh, for the taxpayers that are preparing now as we speak for the annual and the finalizations, what is your, your let's say, final thoughts, your, your key advice for them at this moment? Make sure your auditors has been engaged. Talk to your auditors. Make sure that the 31 December deadline isn't going to cause you a problem with your cash counts, if you've got cash on hand, and your stock takes. The biggest things we see is um, qualifications of audit reports or non-ability to complete um, audits and therefore tax finalization because the, the 31 December balances haven't been confirmed, the biggest failure we see. So don't wait until January, February, March to talk to auditors or engage. Now is the time that you need to make sure you've got that process underway. Thank you, Matthew, for joining again our Advancing Vietnam podcast series. Always great to talk, Vlad. Thank you so much. Investors should apply a compliance practice of risk management and good corporate governance in Vietnam to ensure they maintain their organization financial documentation in line with local VAS requirements, which in turn enables the organization to have an effective preparation process for their annual financial statements and audit. 
And many thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in to Advancing Vietnam podcast series. For more information about this topic, please check out our publications on vietnam.decline.com. And if you want to reach out to us for any additional details, feel free to contact me on LinkedIn or throughout the website contact details. 